0: Hello, and welcome to Solo Cristo, where we search the scriptures to find answers to cultural and biblical questions to help you find confidence in Christ.
1: What's up, guys, and welcome to uh, the next episode on Solo Cristo. Um, We're diving into a pretty good topic today. It's actually a topic that um, I have never really thought of until now, until it was brought up. Um, But it is a topic on evil and um, how we can follow a good God that also permits um, evil. Um, And this is a really big topic and a really important topic because this is um, one of those questions that immature believers or people on the outside of Christianity kind of hold against us. Or this is one that even mature Christians sometimes stumble over and... Uh, leave the faith because they can't reconcile the idea of a good God and an evil world. Um, so um, we're gonna try our best today to um, reconcile the two, and I think we will do it because every single question that anybody anyone can come up with is answered by the Bible, um, and that's what I realized when studying this topic that there are answers. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna dive right into it. Um, but this topic of evil can become very philosophical sometimes because just evil itself is it's technically not a thing it's it's really it's an action um and evil it kind of it's just like it's a, it's the absence of, of something good we wouldn't know what um evil is and like unless we knew what 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 good was which like everything good comes from god so without god um the only thing there is 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 evil um and so some things that um to take note um are um how, do, how would you even how would you know what prosperity is if um there wasn't um was not need or how would you how would you um learn or how would you know you know um traveling mercies if some people didn't make it to their destination or um if you didn't know you know if you were always fed if everyone was always fed we wouldn't know you know what what, what hunger is so um basically the point being is that um we only we only know what good is because evil exists um so um we're gonna we're gonna roll through this topic and we're gonna um i'm gonna see what you guys think um what is what is evil
2: yeah that's I, I like you bringing up that point of basically um the necessity of creating like a categories of what this is um and bringing up the point where you can't have. Evil, like it's this abstract thing, right? Yeah. It's an abstract thing. It's not something we can just grasp and take a hold of, but it's it's something that we um, measure against something else. Right. Like you were bringing up those examples. Yeah. Um, and so that um, that standard that we measure it up against is God Himself, because mm-hmm. He is the moral law giver, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so He's given us a moral law. He's given us the defi- the definition of what is good and what is righteous, what is pure, what is true, um, and it is Himself. Right, so First um, John, you know, chapter one, verse five says that um, God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. He is the epitome of, of light. No darkness dwells in him whatsoever. Mm-hmm. right? He is the absolute perfect standard of all goodness. Every good and perfect gift um, comes from the Lord. So, so he is that standard, and he has given us um, a moral law. The, the whole concept of morality and good and evil and law um, has to be delivered by an intelligent mind. Um, and without that, without that being given to us, it all becomes arbitrary, right? And subjective. And you have, you know, one culture saying, hey, I can, you know, sacrifice my babies to the sun god for whatever reason I want to, and it's a good thing. And then we, without having really a universal moral law, we would have to say, I mean, I guess that's okay, you know. If you right. think that's good, it's I guess it's good. Yeah. I don't know, you know. So, so there needs to be a universal um, definition of what, standard what good standard is. Standard yeah. for good, so, so we know that by what God has has said in His law and in His Word. Mm-hmm. Um, so, those things that are evil is essentially that which opposes God, that which is in opposition to God. So, all sin is evil, right? Now, suffering is also can be described as an evil, right? Suffering is something that um, God didn't initially will for the world, right, so that we we think about the Garden of Eden, where all things were good and perfect and true, like so, and that came in after um mankind sinned and then evil came into the world, so suffering pain um sin, and ultimately the greatest evil is death itself, right mm-hmm. so I mean, I think that's kind of that's what I would say to that, yeah, I
0: mean what do that's you think,
2: yeah, those are great definitions,
0: um or agree. Expounded definitions mm-hmm. of of what evil is, and um, yeah that that thought process of evil isn't a thing, and you can't define evil without defining what good is, and that definition of good is found in God in mm-hmm. in Christ. Um, what I had wrote out was any act that falls short or directly goes against the moral law of God, which you definitely definitely touched on, and you can't have that, you know, definition of what evil is without defining what the moral law of God is. Do you mm-hmm. find that in God? Um, so with that definition or that kind of, like I said, that expoundness of... It's a word. Uh, yeah, can yeah, it be sounds a word. like a word. <laughs> <laughs> um, of what evil is, you know, because evil is the, a reality that we see every day. That is a worldwide reality. Um, so is there any of that? Is there anything within evil that is outside... Of God's
1: control I mean I th- that that kind of starts going along the same thought of God's sovereignty um, and I guess to answer that question I'll, I kind of have a question that will may hopefully clarify is think about even the possibility of God not you know having control over over anything well like I, even, even over one thing say evil since we're talking about evil we will uh, we'll yeah. have we will we'll make that the one thing that god isn't in control of if he if there's even one thing that he cannot control you can't fully trust god to take care of anything you can't trust him to fulfill mm-hmm. any of his promises even if there's one thing that um that he can't control um and how, how do you pray for, for 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 something if how do you pray for god to take care of evil like we pray in, in the Lord's prayer is deliver us from evil. If mm-hmm. God isn't in control of evil, that prayer is, it's, it's oh. empty and we're just, it's just empty words. For it's like deliver us from evil. It, we're already assuming that God has complete control over, mm-hmm. over evil. Um, so I think there's no question. I think as soon as you start to even say God is, isn't powerful over evil or he just solely reacts to it, he doesn't, he doesn't see it coming and he just reacts to it when it comes out. Um, I think it's biblically very easy to shut that down.
0: Yeah, it's the old R.C. Sproul adage of, like, if there is one single maverick Maverick molecule, molecule. God ceases to be
1: God. That's right. Absolutely. Yeah.
2: I love that, that it's like he ceases, because that is what he is. Yeah. To be God is to be sovereign, Um, and he makes that abundantly clear Mm -hmm. in the scriptures, right? Um, That he he is sovereign and that his sovereignty extends to all things, all times, all places. Like, there's nothing outside of his control because there's nothing else outside of his creation. Like all things um, have been created by him and are being upheld by him and all things uh, bow to him. Right. Um, In one sense or another, now there's, you know, things in opposition to him, but that opposition isn't, um, it isn't between two equal forces, right? That opposition is still held in his hand. And it's still only allowed to go as far as he allows it to go. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in that way, he he controls all of it, which it's funny because I've heard some preachers before say, like, they'll be like, um, God is in charge, but he isn't in control. What? <laughs> what do you guys think about that? Or do I need to expound on it a little bit?
0: He's, God is in charge, but he's not in control?
2: Yeah, so so they, they'll say that um, God is in charge, like, he sits in the king's chair, where like he's the one in charge, but he's not in control. In that, he's not controlling all of these things. Like when you get sick, that's not God controlling that. Like he's in charge of the sickness, so he can tell it to do something, you know. Um, but he's not in control of that. Like he would never send you sickness, you know.
1: It sounds like an oxym- oxymoron. Yeah, to so be like, in charge but not in control. He. I don't. I can't. I can't reconcile those two yeah can you i
0: i think there's two <laughs> there's two different i wouldn't blanket say say i don't think one way or the other
2: what kind of
0: kind of because i i guess it are you are you saying like God is in control over suffering but he's not the cause of the suffering basically
2: no um so they they, and this isn't what i believe again i'm I'm not saying that god's in charge but i believe god is in control of all things um even our suffering um but but yeah they would say essentially that like he's in charge as in that he has authority but that he's not controlling all these things he's -hmm. not controlling the bad things that happen because how could a good god be in control of bad things essentially so they uh, the, the attempt is to take away responsibility from the hands of God and just say hey his hands are clean of this stuff you know he loves you so much he would never do anything ever in any way that could possibly hurt you or make you sad and so their conclusion to that is so he must just not be in control of it I guess it slipped through the cracks or something I don't know <laughs> the thing is I don't I don't know how they reconcile that with scripture so I'm asking yeah. you guys if you guys have heard this and if yeah. it, how you would think that maybe they could reconcile it I don't know
0: no, I I think the closest thing that I've heard is that, you know, someone making the statement of like, kind of like the, I don't, I don't know if there's a name for this line of theology, but it's where people kind of think like, God just set things in motion and then just sits back and mm, okay. allows things to happen. Yeah, like he um,
2: made the watch and now it runs on its own. And yeah. The world is this watch. Yeah, I, th- I
0: think there's like other metaphors for it too, but like, again, that's not something that can be reconciled biblically like you can't biblically right. hold that that doesn't hold any water with with the bible yeah Right. it doesn't yeah. and, and who the bible says god is right so if it's leaning like on that on that side of things
2: no no right. there's not much yeah yeah scripture is clear that i mean in proverbs 19:21 it says that many plans are in a man's heart but the purpose of the lord will prevail mm. so like god's purpose Whatever he wants to accomplish, whatever he wants to do, it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. Yeah, exactly. So, so, like how you were saying, if that's the case, then even one maverick molecule wouldn't coincide with that statement. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, if one molecule could could you know derail God's purpose. Yeah. Then that's that's you know statement is no longer accurate. So yeah. So we have to believe that all things, yeah. even evil, right is yeah. you know, we can't we God's can't say
1: God's in control of everything except for evil and then try to reconcile that. We have to stay consistent. Like if God's sovereign then he's sovereign. And if he's not then he's not, it can't be yeah. half sovereign and half not sovereign. Yeah. Right? It's well, like,
2: like in Lion King where Mufasa's is like, Oh, that like Dark area. Oh, yeah. Whatever it's called. I don't know. It's like all, all Anything the, the light, light touches, touches yeah. is ours. Yeah, yeah, yeah is ours. But like that dark area, don't go there. Yeah. We don't, because we, that's, not, that's not our yeah. kingdom. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. That's, that's a, God is interesting. not responsible. I didn't know Lion King was God a Christian is. movie.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not, is what I'm saying. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's not the case. I think like the best biblical um, thing that I can think of to, to like, go along with that is God Himself speaking to Jude at the end of Jude. I think that is one of the coolest parts of the Bible for me. Top ten. Uh when he's speaking back to Jude when Jude is at the end like finally crying out to
2: God like why? Job or Jude? J- or Job. Job. Job, okay. Jude. <laughs> <old>, hey Jude. <laughs> uh, I didn't know. Is that how it's pronounced? Jude Jude? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, uh, some
0: <laughs> yeah, some uh Eastern Places say Jude for Job, hmm. um, but here in America we say Job, which yeah. is what I was, <laughs> right, of course, referencing. We always get things wrong. Though. <laughs> um, yeah. I was wondering why you were looking at me like that. Yeah, I
2: was like, I was like, Jude, Jude,
0: Jude, Jude, Jude Sounds Jude, Jude, a lot like Jude. Job. <laughs> <laughs> this story sounds like Job, but anyway. But anyways, yeah. yeah, towards the end of Job, right. and God is telling him, like, basically putting him in his place. It's like <laughs> <laughs> um, he is. He's
1: he's like yeah, he is
0: saying like, who are you? Where were you and I did this? Where were you and I created everything? Can I were actually, you there? Can
1: I actually read that? Because, like, that's yeah, 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 such an yeah, yeah. awesome. Uh, do it in a cool qual- voice, too. I want to try to do it. Can a we cool put a voice. track on this real quick? Yeah. <laughs> put a sick beep <laughs> on <laughs> this. All right. Here it goes. This is actually Job 38, if anybody wants to follow along. Here we go. Um, then the Lord answered Job from the, whirl- from the whirlwind Who is this who darkens the divine plan by words without knowledge? Now tighten the belt on your waist like a man, and I shall ask you, and you will inform me. Where were you when I laid the foundation of the earth? Tell me if you have understanding. Who set its measurements? Who set its measurements, since you know? Or who stretched the measuring line over it? On what were its bases sunk? Or who laid its cornerstone? When the morning stars sang together, and all the sons of God shouted for joy? Or who enclosed the sea with doors when... When it went out from the womb, bursting forth, and it it just keeps going of basically like, yeah, I see that you're struggling, mm-hmm. but you don't see the real plan, and yeah. you don't know you have no idea what I'm doing. You just need to kind of yeah settle and that, down.
0: And that also speaks to Romans eight or nine uh, mm-hmm. when it you know it references us as the clay and God as the potter, right? And who and what is the clay to tell the potter right. anything?
2: Right. Yeah, to answer back to the potter, right. yeah. Man, who are you? Right. Joe literally
0: <laughs> instantly became the most humble man Absolute. on the earth. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
2: I but mean, and that, and I think that just we have a tendency to view God as ourselves, right? To like, mm-hmm. we see our own bounds, we see our own struggles, we see our limitations, and and we we can't even fathom that there is a being who is not constrained by time, not constrained by space, not constrained by um, the inability, the ability to you know comprehend all things like. He knows all things. He's everywhere. He's all powerful. Like, that's insane. Yeah. He, like, w- when, when it says that all those creatures and the angels are all just constantly singing holy, 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 they're saying you're different, right? That's what holy means. It's right. set apart. Set apart yeah. Like, all these beings who we would be like, whoa, those are some glorious creatures. Mm-hmm. They're up there mm-hmm. saying... Holy, holy, yeah. ho- like yeah. God, you are so different yeah. from us. Like twenty yeah. four seven, you eternity. are so set apart. Yeah, yeah, just nonstop, and we have a tendency to to forget that, to kind mm-hmm. of leave that, right. you know, and because we struggle to really comprehend it. Yeah. Um, but God is is not like us in yeah. that way, right? He Amen. created us in His image, right? So the imago Dei. There's there's similarities in in there, but there's a fundamental, foundational. Massive chasm between us and and this is just one of those things right right. where it's like he's absolutely sovereign over all things
0: yeah
1: and I feel like we we love to do that as people where like if something makes sense to us it must be it must make sense to God like why would if like if like if I think that this is evil God must think the same thing and he won't Mm -hmm. like do this to me but like we you know we always underestimate like like God's basically God's plan and like uh we we lo- we look at th- like evil things as something bad where um a lot of times evil things are usually if you're a christian they they work for your good. Um and I think like we miss that all the time and you know we just get lost in the kind of especially if things are tough like you like it's hard to think about that. Like it's okay. easy for us to talk about, you know, if you're not going through anything, but yeah. when you're in the middle of that, it's really hard to be like this is not working for my good. Yeah. But you just have to remember that, that that's exactly what's happening.
2: Yep. Definitely yeah absolutely so we're all all in consensus here then that God is sovereign over all things, including yeah. evil, yeah suffering you know uh disasters yeah. etc. Yeah. like we, there's nothing yeah we
1: really hope he's in charge of you because if he's not, there's right it's really bad
2: yeah, yeah. why why go to yeah. him right if he if he can be yeah. thwarted
1: yeah there's no a, no no way. hope for yeah. anything, no like you yeah. can't expect anything from God point. at that point
2: um so then if that's the case were convinced of that um how does that not make him responsible for those things though mm. you know like yeah he's completely in control completely in charge evil is happening everywhere disasters wickedness famines wars you name it right just all sorts of stuff even stuff that doesn't come by the hand of man like a twister um or a tornado for people who don't yeah. Use that word, I don't know, <laughs> yeah, like hurricanes, you know, yeah, stuff that, yeah. like, yeah. I mean, natural man, you know, disasters, like, a, a human being viruses didn't do that, like, they li-
0: those are literally called active and yeah, act the acts of God, act of God. Yeah. like, yeah.
2: So, how do we reconcile that as, like, how could sure. a good yep. God yep. not be responsible for evil and, yep. in a sense, be be evil yep. due to that? And I thinking?
1: think we, we we forget a lot of times that, um, God once flooded the earth and killed almost every single person on this earth, like, that's. It's what he did and he didn't you know think twice like was this fair to anybody or like was this evil? it had to be done, and it was for the glory of God um mm-hmm. and that that's probably one of the hardest questions is is, is God responsible for it um and I think it it all comes down to um I mean God permits evil but he doesn't create it I think he he allows it to happen and then he makes he makes good out of it. Um, and it's just one of those questions where I I feel like for me, I wasn't, there wasn't this crazy, like quotation I can give you. That's going to settle your, you know, it's going to give you peace over it. But for me, what, for me, what does it basically, what basically, I guess a good enough answer for me is like it, like God's sovereign over, over everything. And that's what it, what it all comes down to, um, whether he created it or he allows it, he's, he's sovereign, sovereign over it
0: yeah and that's like speaking to like the flood and stuff like that, and the only way that we can we can reconcile like like oh wow, like God flooded the earth and people died, yeah, like the only way we can understand that in an honoring way to God is to understand who God is and who we are in that relationship, mm-hmm. which we've we've kind of we've kind of touched on, and to understand like wow, like all these innocent people like like that didn't even know anything like could have been like way far away from noah anything like didn't didn't know like anything was going to happen then boom started raining flooded and they all died like mm-hmm. you can hold that in one view that is a view with a with a an extremely small view of who God is and you can't you can't you know justify that until you understand like in God there is no injustice there is only an act of mercy we see that in noah we see god rightfully could have flooded the entire earth yeah, including noah yeah. and yeah. god would have been just in that mm-hmm. Anyth- anyone outside of the ark was justice any side inside anyone inside the ark anyone who saved even, <laughs> even the animals was an act of mercy right
1: there was there's, there's no, no injustice no... done on god's side a lot of people ask why um, like why doesn't god just get rid of evil Like if he's a good God, why doesn't he just get rid of evil? Mm -hmm. And I was listening to some, a preacher talk and he said, if he, if God were to get rid of evil right now, Mm -hmm. he'd start with you and he'd start with the guy next to you and he would start with everybody because you know, we we don't like to look at ourselves as evil. It's, you know, it's the guy in the news that, you know, chopped up his neighbor or it's like the, you know, yeah. Or like the drunk guy that, you know, drove into like a van full of, you know, kids or something like that. Like we don't look at ourselves as evil people. Yeah. Um, so I think that's why a lot of people have that problem with with evil until they until you realize that you are the evil one. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard for you to kind of um reconcile the two.
2: Yeah. So so going back to that whole God is holy. Mm. Like we need to hang on to that framework of like the identity of who God is. Like he is the he's the one who sets the boundaries of what is good and evil. Yeah. So to even take his his law that he said, like, hey, this is right, this is wrong, and then to turn it back on him and be like, hey, God, um, I'm going to make some tweaks here and, like, apply it to you. You're not allowed to do this. And it's like, no, because he's the one who sets the rules. He is the moral lawgiver, Mm -hmm. right? And in him is no darkness at all. You know, that's abundantly clear. Um, What he does is he has allowed his creatures to... um, to go forth on this earth, right? We started with Adam and Eve and they, there was the two trees and what did they do? They chose the wrong tree. They disobeyed, right? Although God knew that that was going to happen and he ordained it ahead of time that, hey, this is going to happen. He still gave them the choice. He still put that into motion and they had the complete um, freedom of choice in that matter. Although he knew that it was already going to happen Mm -hmm. because his plan was to, in the end, obviously, you know, the lamb was slain before the foundation of the earth was to reconcile all of humanity back to himself through his own sacrifice. Um, So in that, like it is the creatures themselves. It is these agents. It is us, us humans who are going out there and perpetrating all this evil, right? Whether God knows it's going to happen or not and still allows it. um, We're still the agents of that chaos, right? We're still the ones making the choices to do that. And when a hurricane sweeps through a, a, you know, a region or whatever, what we need to understand is that, like you guys were saying earlier, that it's justice, right? Like there is no one, no, no, not one who is righteous among the face of the earth, right? Not a single person. And so we need to keep these frameworks. We need to keep these like theological constructs that um, God makes clear to us through scripture that he is the only holy one. He's the only good one. And so when we see evil occurring that God's allowing, um, it's justice, right? It's wages of our sin. It Mm -hmm. says that death is the wages of sin in, in Romans. So if we understand that as well, then we understand that, hey, when people die, that's simply the wages of our own actions, you know, regardless if it comes through a tornado or through You know a knife in someone's hand like Mm -hmm. we're living in a fallen cursed world It's easy to become comfortable here and to think that hey, this place is pretty dang good, right? Right. Like god has blessed me so much. Just people are good to me. These people are great. This that this is all good I love this place No God is going to burn away this world and create a new one Like we need to you know Like keep these thoughts in our mind when we when we wrestle with these questions of like What is evil and like hey, how could god be responsible? Is he responsible? Like, no, he's made it abundantly clear. Like, this world is not our home. This world is cursed because mankind made a choice um, to go against God. And mm-hmm. evil entered the world then. And it now our world is fallen. Yeah. It's broken. It's cursed. And, and thank God that he's going to redeem it. Like, that's a beautiful thing. Um, I just wanted to bring up one thing real quick, um, a verse in Job. Like you mentioned earlier, um, in the beginning of Job, though, Job 1, mm. verses 21 through 22. Um, this is right after, so Satan comes to God and God tells, or, in Satan's like, hey, you know, your servant Job, he's only good to you because you've been good to him. So then um, God's like, okay, you can, you can do this much to him, right? And he allows, he permits mm. Satan to go so far, yep. which is another thing just about the hey. sovereignty of God over yeah. evil, where it's yeah. like, Satan himself, can only step so far as God says. God's got Satan on a leash. Right. Yeah, straight up. Woof woof. Exactly. Yeah. So us as the children of God, we yeah. need to understand. Hey, we got the big dog on our side. Mm. Yeah. Well, the, the owner, big. I guess. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> He's the um, owner. But yeah, like only Satan. can Even Satan can only al- can only go as far as God permits for His own good purposes, right? Yeah. Um. Mm. So so God says, okay, you can do these things, and w- and what He allows Satan to do is to is to kill <laughs> all of. Job's children and, like, his crops and stuff like that, his livestock. And after that happens, this is Job's response. He says, naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I will return. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And it says, in all this, Job didn't sin or charge God with wrongdoing. Mm -hmm. Now, what's interesting here is that he literally says that it is the Lord who has taken away. So Job is saying, God is the one who took away my, my children. God is the one who took away my crops. He's not blaming Satan for it. Mm-hmm. He's saying God did it. Yeah. And yet scripture says that he's not charging God with wrongdoing by doing that. Neither is he sin- sinning. Why? Because it's not wrong for God to take away those things that he, he are his. Yeah. Right. It's yeah. not, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so scripture makes it clear right there that like, we can sit there and be like, hey, that's, that's wrong yeah. what God has done or whatever. But no. Like, yeah. Right. Job identifies it says God you did this you took my child my children really and it's not wrongdoing yeah. for the Lord because he is so different from us right. so set apart yeah. he's the yeah. creator we're just we're creatures yeah.
0: yeah. there was a what I was trying to find when I was fumbling over my notes earlier because <laughs> um, I knew I wouldn't be able to memorize it or say it as as well but it's a, it's a quote um, it's not too long but it's God knows what I'm going to do before I'm going to do it. Being omnipotent, God has both the power and the authority to prevent me from, from, from performing evil acts. But if he doesn't, if he allows me to commit these actions, not in the sense of sanctioning it, but letting me do it, does that make him evil? Of course not. He allows us to commit sin where he could have stopped us. If God allows it, then he has to choose to allow it. If he does choose for it to happen, then it is obviously his will for it to happen rather than it not happen. This applies to everything from the fall of man to every sin that I have ever committed to the salvation and the work of Christ, to my salvation and the work of Christ that made that was necessary to make it happen. Thank- you guess who that is? I, uh, it's mm-hmm. like the only person I quote. R.C. Sproul. No, oh, R.C. Sproul. Sproul. <laughs> the goat. The goat.
2: That is that is a really good yeah answer to that.
0: He the quote actually went on when he said it, and he was, um, I can't remember. It's someone else on the Ligonier panels. Mm-hmm. That's where it's from, and he was like, "To my salvation and the work of Christ that made it necessary, and to whether or not I will beat whoever it was." In golf this evening, or something <laughs> like that. That's funny. Yeah, golfing. everything. Yeah,
2: Everyth- which there's another scripture that says, um, "The dice are cast, or the lots are cast in, in the lap, but every like outcome is of the Lord." Mm-hmm. Where even,
1: even chance.
2: Yeah, even things that we consider it's to be chance, chance. Yeah, you know, it's like yeah. God determines all of it, to the smallest thing. Yeah,
1: you know, th- I think another question or a thought worth mentioning is. Um, where did evil even come from? I think that's a real big one. I remember even as a kid, I was always I like, why was the, uh, you know, the, the tree of the knowledge, of good and evil, why was it even there? Blah, blah, yeah. blah. And you were just trying to wrap your mind around that. And then, like, you, you, you think about, so you just, just follow your steps back. Where where did evil come from? Okay. Um, you have the sin of Adam and Eve. Okay. It it a little further back. Uh, you have the serpent. Uh, what was the, the serpent before? The serpent was the devil. And where was the devil before? He was in heaven. So, if you, you take it that far back, sin slash evil originated in heaven. Technically. <laughs> and but and, and but you keep going. Was it was it outside of the knowledge of God? Obviously not, because yeah, we know be. that God's sovereign over everything, so he allowed it, omniscient, yeah. Allowed it to happen and you ask why. Like, why did God allow it to happen? I think that God uses evil it's 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 a tool of his that shows his glory or, and it shows um, his holiness. How, how would we know the holiness of God? How holy is if there was no sin and evil, he'd be the same as us. We'd be perfect just like him. Mm -hmm. If there was no evil or sin, if there was no separation, we would be, we would be the same as him, you know? Um, and like for for a lot of people, that's a hard concept to grasp that sin and evil originated in heaven. How can, how can that be? Um, and we go back to the same answer. God is sovereign over everything. He uses everything um, to bring glory to, uh, to himself and even the evil stuff, in, like in Joseph. Um, like wh- when he met his brothers again, um, he says, well, you guys meant for evil. God meant uh, mm-hmm. meant for good and for your salvation, essentially. They would have died yeah. from starvation yeah. in uh, um, wherever they lived before. And I guess... What with all this information, I mean, we have to kind of go back down to reality and um, real life stuff. And um, what would you guys say to somebody that's, you know, going through the slums, someone that's really feeling that the burden of this um, and just words just aren't doing the trick? You know, you, you're you having you know, you, you're you sending Bible verse to this person and they're just mm-hmm. like, oh, OK like th- there's just you know some people just life is just a little bit different for them than than it is for us they're just full of calamity sickness disease loss um like what do you what like what do you what do you tell that person
2: That's a really good question because yeah. um we all have either been that person mm-hmm. or have had someone like that in our life yeah absolutely um or we will if we haven't yet you know mm-hmm. um and yeah, this is where it really gets, you know, we could sit here and talk about all the haughty toddy, high and mighty, like, right. theology of it all, where we're like, yeah, God's absolutely, yeah, like, oh, yeah, he's yeah, so yeah. awesome, yeah. he's so different from us, I mm-hmm. can just sing holy, 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 24 yeah. yeah. and then boom. And when that comes you to your door. Yeah, like, yeah. You know, tell something absolutely devastating happens yeah. to you. Yeah,
0: tell someone who has lost their child right, and is going through that suffering, right. yep. which well, like, Job lost more than one kid. Yeah. Well, and they just yeah. walk away from that like that, of them. that's not helpful. That's right, not helpful right, in right. that situation. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Which obviously the story of Job yes. is meant to be um
1: a consolation.
2: Yeah, a con in in, in sorts definitely yeah. a consolation for those who are experiencing loss, calamity, and suffering. Um, as we see a man who is the epitome of that. Um apart from Jesus Christ, of course, who, right. you know, Suffered. is is yeah. the only one who ever wrongfully suffered right. in in a, in a sense. Yeah. You know? Essentially
1: it's, th- it's the worst evil that's ever been committed. Exactly. It was a was it's a yeah. crucifixion. Yeah.
2: But, but we see in Job, I mean, like 40 chapters or so of a lot of wrestling with this concept. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So that's always just a helpful place but it's also, I don't think it's necessarily helpful to just be like yeah. someone, you know, that happens to them and I'm not just going to come up to them and just like Job. yeah bro oh yeah just yeah no yeah. that's i'm not gonna do that's, that that's what i meant. where
1: that's were you when i created it? right yeah <laughs> it's like, like, it's it's like, like humble help. yourself yeah no,
2: i'm not so what we're called to do though is to mourn with those who mourn that's right, right? right. yeah like we've been given given the ministry of like compassion compassion love. and love yeah. and um and and it's funny because we see in scripture Points where it's like rejoice in your suffering, right? Mm-hmm. But then we also see this as mourn with those who mourn. You yeah. know, like um, we're called to do that first and foremost. Yeah, yeah. So, and, and it's such a great comfort when someone mourns alongside of us, right?
0: Yeah, yeah absolutely. That's like one of the first things I think of is like Jesus when Lazarus, Lazarus was dead. He he wept. Mm. He wept with him, knowing full and well that he was about to. Say, like, hey Lazarus, get your butt back out here. Yeah. He took the time to mourn with them. Yeah. Because people that he loved were mourning. And he yeah. wept with them. He comforted them in that moment. Knowing full and well that Lazarus, Lazarus was about to walk back out there.
1: Yeah. I think we, we underestimate kind of the the value of sympathy and being by someone's side and like morning with them making them feel like you know they're not alone because a lot of times when you're in that position you feel like you're alone you know in this giant cold world Mm -hmm. and i think when when you have people that can stand by your side that's what's what's so important about having you know a a group of friends that's not only accountable for you but it's also they they also stand by your side when things get kind of crazy and also reason why it's important to have a church. You have a community, oh, yeah, community yeah. of people that's, that, that, that's always got your back. So I think we don't, we need to not, we don't need to under, we need to stop underestimating um, just spending time with people and not just throwing mm-hmm. scripture at them, um, throwing good advice. Sometimes people yeah. just need you to, they just need an ear to talk to. They just need, you know, someone to cry to. Um, sometimes it's, it's, it's really the simple things that um, make people feel better.
2: Absolutely. Uh, absolutely underestimated. And, and, and it's we see it in scripture, yep. you know, which is cool it's yeah, not yeah. it's not just a psychological thing, which right. we're like over the course of human history, we have learned that which yeah. they have, yeah, right, which is cool, right, <laughs> you know, but They're just proving the Bible yeah, but Thank the you. Bible's like, hey, mourn with those who mourn, that mm. is that ministers to souls, mm. that is a balm to the yeah. wounds of like someone's soul, yeah. Yeah. um, but there's a really awesome passage in scripture, it's kind of long, but, I think it speaks almost- <clears throat> like perfectly to this, yeah, it's second Corinthians. Uh, chapter 1, verses 3 through 10. So, it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort. So, it starts out with, like, God is not the God of suffering, right? He's the mm. God of all comfort. Mm-hmm. He's the Father of mercies, um, who comforts us in all our affliction, so that, so here we have the reason for his comforting in our afflictions, we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction. Mm. So God comforts us so that we could comfort others. Mm Yeah. With the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. Mm. So there's this comfort that God gives to us when we're in affliction. And it is actually that same comfort. It is God's comfort funneled through us that we can then deliver to others who are in suffering. Mm -hmm. And that's his purpose for doing it. He says, so that, right? Mm -hmm. So this is why and this is why even one of the reasons why we experience affliction as Christians. Mm-hmm. The reasons that we go through suffering is so that so we could be comforted by God in order to comfort others. And it continues on to say, for as we share abundantly in Christ's sufferings, right, so there's a confession there that as a Christian, we are going to suffer abundantly on mm-hmm. this earth, which again, is is can be contentious. You know, there are Christians out there who like to preach the fact that like, as a Christian, you shouldn't, you know, have any sort of calamities happen in your life. Yeah. Not true. <laughs> As a Christian, we share abundantly in the sufferings yeah. uh, of Christ, right? Um, so through Christ, we share abundantly in comfort too, right? But that's like the flip side of the coin is that we get to be comforted in our afflictions. And that's a beautiful, amazing thing. If we are afflicted, and this is Paul speaking, he says, if we are afflicted, it is for your comfort and salvation. And if we are comforted, it is for your comfort which you experience when you patiently endure the same sufferings that we suffer. Our hope for you is unshaken, for we know that as you share in our sufferings, you will also share in our comfort. For we do not want you to be unaware, brothers, of the affliction we experienced in Asia, for we were so utterly burdened beyond our strength that we despaired of life itself. Indeed, we felt that we had received the sentence of death, but, okay, so right here we have Paul saying like he and and the people who are in ministry with him suffered so great that he said it was beyond their strength. Mm. Like, and, I, and I'm sure there are people listening right now who are like, you guys know that there's like that meme from that, it's like Leonardo DiCaprio Ooh. sitting on, yeah, and you like pointing at the yeah. screen. I know there are people watching this right now who are like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, where, where are you reading I, I from again? That, uh, this is... Second Corinthians chapter one. Yeah. The beginning of it um, where it's like, yeah, I felt that, you know, suffering beyond my ability to bear it Mm -hmm. beyond my strength. Mm -hmm. Like it's gone beyond that point already. It's crashing over. Um, Like as a Christian, people will say, hey, as a Christian, you will be able to bear all things. Like, is that nope? No. (laughs) (laughs) Like, and that's why we have each other. Right. And that's what, that's what Paul's getting to here we comfort one another and God, it's really God doing it through us, but he's comforting us through through um, each other. Um, so he says, but that was m- that was to make us rely not on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. Right? Yeah. So he wraps it up with like this massive point back to God where it's the whole point of this, the whole point of us going through sufferings that we are like, this is beyond what I can bear is to make us not rely on ourselves because we have this tendency to stray, don't we? Mm. We have, there's that song. What's the, yeah. uh, Prone to wander, Lord, I feel it prone to leave Mm. the God I love. Take my heart, Lord. Here's my heart, Lord. Take Take it, it. seal it, seal it for thy thrones above. That's so true, right? We all know it. Mm -hmm. Like you can deny it, you know, you can try to push it off and I'm a Mm. super Christian, but no, 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 we all prone to wander and God uses suffering in our life to bring us comfort and to point us to Him and, and to have us um, fall, you know, at at His knees and be carried home in His arms.
0: Yeah, that's it's so silly the um, the saying that people people say all the time. It's like, oh, God never gives you like more than you can handle. <laughs> not. And <true>. it's like, <laughs> I don't know where that came from. It is not the Bible. Right? No, there's a lot of those though. <laughs> yeah, um, but like like hearing that. Uh, who comforts us in our affliction so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction. So I was, I was thinking too, like like the question of what do you tell someone who's like going through any sort of suffering, you know, experience mm-hmm. any sort of evil. <clears throat> um, and It's like there is a different approach to how you would comfort someone who is a professing Christian and who's not. And there's there's not a difference in the truths that you would tell them but the approaches and the way you mourned with them, and the and the way you um, are able to impart those truths to them, because someone who's not a Christian, who is going through s- suffering that you know is that you're in a position to mourn with, and to mm-hmm. to be a comfort to them, like that is that is such a unique opportunity to to share the gospel with them. That is such a unique ministry opportunity to tell someone hey your your suffering isn't pointless. you know this this thing that you're going through, whatever it may be, like it is not you know just something, oh, it sucks, you know, oh that that sucky thing happened to you, like it is what it is, mm-hmm. but like using this as a way to let someone know that we have a God who is in control. We have a God who not only is in control, but has, you know, eternally conquered evil. Yeah. And, you know, telling someone that is the best thing that we can do for them and is the best way that we can mourn with them.
2: hmm I think also pointing to heaven, right? mm mm-hmm. Like, it can be easy to 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 no longer long for heaven. You know, it can be easy to grow comfortable here and to grow accustomed to this world and to not want to leave it and to make it our home. But we're sojourners here. This isn't our home. You know, like we're passing through. We're exiles here. Um, And what suffering does in us is it magnifies the hope of glory before us, you know, because that won't be there. That's and so I think it's a it's a beautiful uh opportunity when someone's suffering to and and it's you have to be so careful, you know, when people mm-hmm. are suffering. Like I think primarily it's mourn with those who are mourning, you know. Yeah. Just be there. Just mourn with them. Um but also it's an opportunity at the right time to point them towards um that hope of heaven. Yeah. You know. And and I know that like I've felt that, you know, the the point in my life where I most felt like, where I was like, Lord, please come quick, like I this heaven just became so real, and so I longed for it so much, in a time of you know just like this suffering where it was like, it was it was a type of longing that I hadn't experienced before as a Christian my whole life, um, so I think t- to point someone to that in that moment provides uh right perspective, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and it provides them with that hope that does not disappoint. Yeah. Right. That hope will lead them through um, that hope of, of glory. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> but in, in acts um four, twenty-seven and 28, um, it's written that it says truly in this city, There were gathered together against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, along with the Gentiles and the peoples of Israel, to do whatever your hand and your plan had predestined to take place. So, what we learn here is that all that happened to Jesus the crucifixion, the betrayal, the mockery, the torture, everything. At the hands of the Gentiles, at the hands of the Jews, at the hands of Pontius Pilate, of, of Herod, Judas himself. All that sin, all that evil that they perpetrated against a man who was completely sinless, completely good. Um, it was all perpetrated according to what God's hand and plan had predestined to take place. Mm-hmm. So the crucifixion of Jesus Christ himself happened by the sovereign decree of God, all that evil. Right? So Jesus himself really is our truest example and most clear example of God being sovereign over evil. It says it right here that God predestined it. He planned it out, even though it was people making evil decisions in their own mind, by their own will, by their own power, God predestined all of it to happen. And it was all for the greatest purpose and the greatest good that the universe will ever know, the redemption of the sons of God and the daughters of God. Shout out. <laughs> Shout um, out. But yeah, that's like, that right there is the most shining example. Jesus Christ himself and, and what happened to him. he mm-hmm. jump off thoughts? Perfect, because I have one more. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'll just wrap it up with this. Right. Um, th- it's just all of this reminded me of a song that I dearly love by John Mark McMillan. I don't know if you guys have ever heard this song. It's called The Road, The Rocks, and The Weeds. I think it's in that order.
1: Sounds like a parable that I've heard. Yeah. The Weeds, The Rocks, so and is, The Roads.
2: It's, it's The Road, The Rocks, and The Weeds, I think. Um, but in, this, in this, uh, this song, he's singing, obviously. And he says, uh, part of the lyrics are that he says, Aphrodite would not weep, nor Zeus would suffer for the weak, but have you come to stand inside my pain? And he says, yeah. I've got no answers for hurricanes and cancers, but a savior who suffers them with me. Yeah. It's it's a beautiful song. And what he's heralding here is the truth of the fact that Jesus Christ himself, who is God in the flesh, came to die and suffer a human life, everything that we experience, he experienced. It says that um, he is, he is a, a high priest who is able to understand everything we've ever dealt with, every suffering we've ever faced. God himself, who is sovereign over the evil that you are experiencing, sovereign over the suffering that you have have burdened, he himself, when he didn't have to experience any evil himself ever, came down, condescended to earth, And allowed himself to be tortured, beaten, bruised, executed, mocked, etc. Took on the entire sin of the world upon himself. The greatest evil that the universe will ever know. God willfully planned it for himself. Yeah. And so when you suffer, when you feel evil in your life, know that God is sovereign over it so you can go to him. And know that he knows What that feels like on a very real level. Thank you for listening to Solo Christo. We hope that you found this episode insightful and encouraging to your walk with Christ. Please consider leaving a review and feel free to check us out on Instagram to continue the conversation and weigh in on future topics.